Now, I promise you, that's a hymn you never thought you'd hear at church. <laughs> Come on, somebody, welcome to Faith Promise Church. It is so great to see you this weekend, fired up about back to the movies. By the way, this weekend, Anderson County moves into its brand new building. Come on, Robbie, way to go. Woo! I also want to share something else I am incredibly excited about. I have prayed for this for more years than you can imagine. We have plans this January to begin our first Spanish-speaking service. So, man, it's going to be off the chart. Fired up about it. Uh, if you want to be a part, if you'll fill in your communication card, Spanish service, leave your contact or connect with us at the information uh, kiosks or information in the foyer to every one of our campuses that will help us if you could speak Spanish, not Spanglish. <laughs> Come on, hello, oh, I, I can do that. No, we're talking about people who can really speak, sing, play. We're going to do that. Uh, let me introduce you to who's going to be leading our new Spanish campus pastor. Come on, welcome, Pastor Andreas. Come on, brother. Now, Andreas is the son of the campus pastors at our Costa Rica campus, Promesa de Fe. Uh, his parents, Eddie and Katya, been part of Faith Promise. But Andreas has wedded the daughter of my assistant and cinched his place in the Faith Promise family. So just to let you know, so, uh, but he's been working for the last couple months, been going and moving, and so we're going to pray for Andreas, but again, if you want to be a part of that, put, check, connect with us at the information, because we're going to try to launch that in January, we need everybody's help. Reach your hand out, would you? Father, we pray for our brother, Andreas. God, we're excited that you have brought him here, and God, we can't wait to see. We pray for wisdom and anointing. We pray, God, that you'll lay out the path for him and for us and we pray, God, you will use this to reach thousands and thousands of Spanish-speaking people in and around East Tennessee. God, use Andreas at a level he never dreamed. Bless him, Father, is our prayer in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. come on, give him a hand. We love you, Andreas. All right, now before we battle some pesty poltergeists, let me welcome you back to the movies, all of our campus, God Behind Bars. We do this series every year where we combine faith and film to help everyone experience the real love of Jesus like never before. Come on, shouldn't we be the most creative people on the planet, we that follow after God? Now, whether you consider yourself a person of faith, maybe you are seeking a spiritual experience, or man, you just came because we're giving popcorn away. Maybe somebody drug you and you're just saying, when will it be over? Man, we, we hope that this weekend helps you take your next step in your spiritual journey. Our question today, this weekend is, who are you going to call?
Seaboard is alive with talk of incidents of paranormal activity. Alleged ghost sightings and related supernatural occurrences have been reported across the entire tri-state area. Well, everybody has heard ghost stories around the campfire. Heck, my grandma used to spin yarns about a spectral locomotive that would rocket past the farm where she grew up. But now, as if some unforeseen authority... Something strange in the neighborhood... topic today, ghosts and ghost busting. The controversy builds, more sightings are reported. Some maintain that these professional paranormal eliminators in New York are the cause of it all. Headlines all across the country, the Ghostbusters are at it again. This time at the fashionable dance club, The Rose. The boys in gray slugged it out with a pretty pesky poltergeist, then stayed on to dance the night away with some of the lovely ladies who witnessed the disturbance. This is Casey Kasem. Now, on with the countdown. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. No job is too big, no fee is too big. Is it just the mist that doesn't have arms and legs? As they say in TV, uh, I'm sure there's one big question on everybody's mind, and I imagine you are the man to answer that. How is Elvis, and have you seen him lately? You've had a dose of a freaking ghost, baby. You better call Ghostbusters! Now, do you ever feel like maybe God's not listening? Or maybe God's just not talking to you? In that season, the question really is, who are you going to call? And I know some of you who are really spiritual, may know your Bible, you're thinking, hold up, Pastor, you have stepped over the line. We are talking about ghosts in the house of God. You have finally lost it, gone too far. And let me go ahead and quote the verse for you. Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 10, 11 there shall, be not, there shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or daughter pass through the fire, one who uses divination, one who practices witchcraft, one who interprets omens or a sorcerer, or one who calls, casts a spell, or a medium, or a spiritist, or one who calls up the dead. Now, the word ghost is used over 100 times in the Bible. Almost always, it's used either to someone who has given up the ghost or talking about the Holy Ghost. That's, that's there. But if, if you're on the Bible reading plan with us, and if you're not, you're new, on your way out of all of our campuses, grab a free devotional. It went through the month of January. You can use it. It'll help you understand what we're about. At the end of that, there's a Bible reading plan. And in that Bible reading plan in May, we read one of the most mysterious, crazy passages of Scripture. It is a, an incredible encounter between King Saul and the prophet Samuel. A couple things you need to know, just to catch up on the story. King Saul is king and Samuel is the prophet, considered the greatest prophet priest in the history of Israel. Samuel's birth was a miracle. His mother could not conceive. Hannah, God helps her. She has a son. She dedicates the son to the Lord. You can read the song, the, the, the 
poem that she wrote in 1 Samuel. So he's a miracle. And he's dedicated to God. And so at a young age, God begins to speak to Samuel, calls him, makes him his spokesman, and things that God wants to share with his people. He tells Samuel, and Samuel tells the people. And then things begin to change. In 1 Samuel chapter 8, uh, verse 7, we see things begin to move. 1 Samuel 8, it's in there, it's the Bible somewhere. 1 Samuel 8, there we go. Verse 7, uh, 1 Samuel 8, verse 7. Samuel 8, oh, 4, not 14. Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah, that's where he lived, and they said to him, Behold, you have grown old, and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint a king for us to judge us like all the nations. But the thing, this thing was displeasing in the sight of Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed to the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, Listen to the voice of the people in regard to all that they say to you. For listen, they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from being king over them. So let's be real this weekend. Let's just get what we're sort of raw and real around here. Many of us really want a different king to rule our life other than King Jesus. We want someone to run the show, someone who sees the world the way that we see the world, someone who thinks the way we think, someone who judges us in the way we really actually want to be judged. So when it comes to leading your life, who are you going to call? For the people of Israel, they said, we want a new king. And so God gives them a king. His name is Saul. And like the Ghostbusters, he starts out strong. He takes care of the problems. He defeats the enemies. People are winning. They're, they're, they feel safe. And Saul becomes sort of a hero as the king of Israel. Even uh, And so Samuel and him, they're sort of partners. And yet then Samuel dies. And even after the death of Samuel, Saul still makes some good moves. In uh, chapter 28, where we really find the experience we want to talk about in verse 3, now Samuel was dead and all of Israel had lamented over and buried him in Ramah in his own city. And Saul removed from the land those who were mediums and spiritists. He was, he was really obeying the command that God gave Deuteronomy that I read to you just a few minutes ago, just what what God said. Now, if you've ever seen the 1984 Ghostbusters movie, there are four heroes in the movie. Egon, he's a scientist and a cynic. We have Ray, he's a true believer. We have Winston, he's a religious zealot. And we have Dr. Peter Vankman, he's a doubter and a jokester. Now, whichever hero that you might sort of connect with, we can all identify with a feeling like sometimes we're making it up as we go. You know what I mean? Sometimes we hadn't got it all together. And then when it comes to who's going to be in charge of my life, even as Christians know that, that sometimes we're not sure what we're doing. And many times, let's be real, we make ourselves the king of our destiny, don't we? Come on. Come on, let's be real. According to a recent study, 6% of people said they trusted the government. I thought that was high. 
16% trust the universities, and only 36% of those polled said they trusted the church. Now, what we rapidly want to reason and respond is that that's Hollywood's fault, and that's the devil's fault, and it's the culture's fault. But frankly, if we got real, it's our fault. We have the greatest message ever given. We have the greatest hope ever experienced. We have the greatest love ever poured out. How can we take that message and blow it? But boy, has the church blown it. Come on, are y'all with me? So we become irrelevant to the culture. And so that's why so few people trust God. So do you fully trust God? I mean, see, it's easy to trust in yourself. Come on, most people have no problem trusting in themselves, do we? And what, we end up making a mess of our lives and the lives of others because we put our trust in us? Hey, anybody see a ghost? Uh, thank you for coming Please. so quickly. The guests are starting to ask questions and I'm running out of excuses. Has it happened before? Well, most of the original staff knows about the 12th floor. Uh -huh. The disturbances, I mean. Yeah. But it's been quiet for years, up until two weeks ago. It was never, ever this bad, though. Did you ever report it to anyone? No, oh, heavens, no. No. Uh, Kidding? The owners don't like us to even talk about no. it. I hope we could take care of this quietly. Tonight. Yes, sir. Don't worry. We handle this kind of thing all the time. You know, it's just occurred to me we really haven't had a completely successful test of this equipment. I blame myself. So do I. No sense worrying about it now. Why worry? Each of us is wearing an unlicensed nuclear accelerator on his back. Yep. Let's get ready. Switch me on. thought you were someone else. Successful test. I guess so. Uh, I think we better split up. Good idea. Yeah, we can do more damage that way. There it is. On the ceiling. That's the one that got me. That, that's my fault. It's okay. The table broke the fall. There's something very important I forgot to tell you. What? Don't cross the streams. Why? It would be bad. I'm fuzzy on the whole good-bad thing. What do you mean, bad? Try to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total protonic reversal. All right, that's bad. Okay. All right, important safety tip. Thanks, Egon. All right, Ray. Take the left. Egon, take the right. 
Okay, Ray. Just give me one hiding outside. assure you, Mrs. Van Houten, there is no problem with the room. It will be ready promptly at time as soon as your guests are with it. The last throw took something out of him, but he's gonna move. I need some, I need some room to put the trap down. Give me some room. You excuse me, please. We gotta get this in the clear. Wait, 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 wait. I've always wanted to do this. And the flowers are still standing. Okay, on my go, single. Spangler, I want a confinement scream from you, okay? Go! Okay, hold him up there. He's gonna move. Hold him up. Go! Working, Ray. Start bringing him down. Start bringing him down. You've got him. Don't cross the stream. Maybe right. now you'll never slime a guy with a positron glider, huh? Bankman, shorten your stream. I don't want my face burned off. All right, I'm opening that trap now. Don't look directly into the trap. I looked at the trap, Ray. Bring your streams off as soon as I close the trap. Get ready. I'm closing it. Now! It's in there. Such a chore now, was it? <laughs> Life, how hard can it be? We got the tools and we got the talent. Sure, we've made some mistakes, we've had some misfires, we've left a little destruction in our path, but I mean, you know, really gonna all turn out all right. And maybe we can be like, just like King Saul was, maybe we can be the hero. But what about when things get out of control? In, in, second, in 1 Samuel 28, again, it's where the, the bizarre story in verse 4 through 6. So the Philistines gathered together and came and camped at, Shun at Shunem. And Saul gathered all of Israel together. They camped at Gilboa. And Saul saw the camp of the Philistines. He was afraid and his heart trembled greatly. When Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord did not answer him either by dreams or Urim or, or prophets. Then Saul said to his servant, seek for me a woman who is a medium that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servant said, and behold, there is a woman who is a medium at Endor. You ever wonder where the witch of Endor came from? This is the verse where that the stories that were built out of. If there's something strange in your spiritual neighborhood, who are you going to? to call. King Saul never stopped asking the question, why isn't God answering me? So he seeks for the, the, he seeks for the woman who's the witch, verse 8, then Saul disguised himself by putting on other clothes and went, he and two men with him, and they came to the woman by night, and he said, conjure up for me, please, and bring for me whom I shall name to you. But the woman said to him, behold, you know what Saul has done. He has cut off all those who are mediums and spiritists from the land. Why are you laying a snare for my life to bring about my death? Saul vowed to her by the Lord, saying, as the Lord lives, no punishment shall come upon you for this thing. Then the woman said, 
Whom shall I bring up for you? And he said, bring up Samuel for me. So not only is Saul going back on his own decree, but he's going back on the decree from God through Moses. Disguise himself. He's sneaking around. He's trying to talk to the ghost of God's man, Samuel. Is this bizarre or what? It's one of the most bizarre stories in all of the Bible. But because he believes at least Samuel talks to God, even though God doesn't talk to me. Now, Saul ultimately ended up being a very poor king. And it's easy to read the whole story and be critical and judgmental of, of Saul for the decisions that he made. But if you could read the story without knowing the end, we might have done some of the very things that Saul did. And if we got real raw and real, we've got a lot in common with Saul than we actually want to really admit. Saul's failures warn us so that we don't repeat the same mistakes that Saul made. See, Saul's, Saul's character flaw, the root issue, was that he thought he knew better than everybody else, including God. Does that sound like our current culture? 3,000 years ago? See, the biggest tragedy is Saul was never aware of that he was blinded by pride because he thought he was always right. Come on, you know what feeling, you know what being wrong feels like? It feels like being right. If there's something weird and it don't look good, who are you going to call? Who are you going to lean on? Wait a minute, Pastor, wait, wait, wait. I got it that God isn't answering Saul, but what, what, if, what, if, what if that's happening to me? What if I'm not hearing from God? I've been praying and I get no answer, I'm not getting any direction. What am I supposed to do when God isn't answering? Well, we don't go for ghosts, okay? Just make sure you, you put that in your notes. We don't look to ghosts for it. But if we look at our lives as we take a quick stroll through Saul's lives, we're going to discover, like Saul, at some point, we begin going through the motions with God. Going to church, saying some prayers, singing some songs, then living life, making decisions however we see fit as king of our destiny. I call that bless this mess theology. Because people tell me all the time, hey, I'm going to do this. I know what the Bible says, but I'm going to do this, this, and this. And they tell me that. And I said, but that, that's going to get scripture. And then a year, six months, two years later, they come back and say, now, bless this mess. Are you with me? Bless this mess. I'm going to live like I want to. And then when I make a mess, I'm going to ring the bell for God like a servant, and he'll come and clean up whatever mess that I make. That's exactly what Saul did. <clears throat> and so uh, he had already answered all these questions actually before he died in chapter 15, verse 22 and 23. <clears throat> Samuel said, has the Lord as much delight in verse offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Come on, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed God than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of divination. That is strong. And insubordination is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you from being king. So Samuel already told Saul before his death, it's over for you. So 13 chapters before he is now going to a spiritist to call up the ghost of Saul to ask God for help, God had already given him the answer. So let me ask you a question. 
Just think about this. How many chapters ago in your life did you last talk to God? And how many chapters ago did God last speak to you? And how many chapters ago has it been? Could be today, could be yesterday, could be a long time since you listened and did what God said. So for Ghostbusters, talking to ghosts and gods leads them to face an enemy they never expected. Hey, Ray, do you remember something in the Bible about the last days when the dead would rise from the grave? I remember Revelation 7, 12. And I looked as he opened the sixth seal, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became as black as sackcloth, and the moon became as blood, and the seas boiled, and the skies fell. Judgment Day. Judgment Day. How about a little music? Goza was a man, whatever it wants to be. Well, whatever it is, it's got to get by us. Right. Go get her, Ray. Goza the Gozarian? Good evening. As a duly designated representative of the city, county, and state of New York, I order you to cease any and all supernatural activity and return forthwith to your place of origin or to the nearest convenient parallel dimension. That ought to do it. Thanks very much, Ray. Are you a god? No. Then... Choose anything? No. Did you? Am 
is totally blank. I didn't choose anything! I couldn't help it. It just popped in there. What? What just popped in there? I... I... I tried to think. Look! It's the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Nobody steps on a church in my town! One, two, three, oh, Crossing the streams was bad. Cross the streams. You're going to endanger us. You're going to endanger our client, the nice lady who paid us in advance before she became a dog. Not necessarily. There's definitely a very slim chance we'll survive. I love this plan. I'm excited to be a part of it. Let's do it. This job is definitely not worth 11.5 a year. Ghostbusters. Who does your taxes? You know, Mr. Tully, you are a most fortunate individual. I know. You have been a participant in the biggest interdimensional cross-rip since the Tunguska Blast of 1909. So great. We'd like to get a sample of your brain tissue. Okay. When someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes. Isn't that the mantra of our culture? That you're the god of your journey, that you're the one. Listen to your heart. You be you. Follow your truth and follow your heart. You're a god. What could possibly go wrong with that when you have in your head and you as king of your life? 
According to a recent study, 57% of all adults turn inward for the truth. 74% of millennials turn inward for truth. And 41% of practicing Christians turn inward or to themselves for truth and not to what God says. And it, we always feel innocent of what our thoughts and our feelings and, and our motives. Sort of like the Stay puff Marshmallow Man. We're just cute and cuddly until it turns into a monster and we got a giant mess in our lives. See, sadly, Saul doesn't get this until it's too late. In verse 15 of 1 Samuel 28, then Samuel said to Saul, why have you disturbed me and bringing me up? And Saul answered, I'm greatly distressed for the Philistines are waging war against me and God has departed from me and no longer answers me either through prophets or by dreams. Therefore, I've called you that you may make known to me what I should do. He'd already told him. Samuel said, why then do you ask me since the Lord has departed from you and has become your adversary? The Lord has done accordingly as he spoke through me for the Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hand and given it to your neighbor. He's given it to David. Don't wind up like Saul, learning when it is infinitely too late that the reason for many of the messes in our lives is that we didn't listen to the word of God. We waited too late to call him king and put ourselves on the throne. See, we always think that we're right. Does that make sense? Now, regardless of where you find yourself spiritually this weekend, there's only one that we can turn to, only one name that we should call, and that is not our own name. Our number one value at Faith Promise out of our values is we put God first. So as a Christ follower, and we are following the feeling where the Spirit leads, it's what we do. So let me challenge you. Maybe spend an hour a day or 25 years. Talk to God. Maybe just the first time in a long time. Talk to God. Man, we, we want to help you. We want to help you take your next step. So let me just ask all of our campus pastors, hey, you guys at every campus, go ahead and take it over. We love you. Can't wait to see you next weekend. Now in Ghostbusters, Ray Gozer, the demon, asked Ray, are you a god? Pretty sure that none of us would say, yes, I'm a god. Isn't that right? But who are you going to call? Who's in control of your life? Most of us would have to say truly, I'm in control. I'm the one in control. And maybe you might not go in at night to a tent, to a spiritist, to call up a, a ghost. But instead of trusting God, we so readily trust ourselves to rule. But what if you don't know God? What if you've never met him? How can you trust someone in which you don't know? Maybe today you feel like your life is a mess and you can't be blessed. I got some good news. Jesus didn't come for perfect people. Jesus didn't come for people that had it all together. Jesus actually came for people that were broken, for sinners, for people that were far from God, real people with real problems. That's why Jesus came. So you're going to call. In Romans 10, 13, it says this, whosoever would call upon the name of the Lord would be saved. Whoever calls on his name. So we want to help you call on the name of Jesus together. Maybe you've never made a commitment. You've never take, 
and a step of faith, and today's your day. So right now, with heads bowed and eyes closed, God behind bars, online, I want to lead us in a simple, confessional, and yet profound prayer. If you're ready, pray this with us. We're going to pray it out loud with you. Borrow our faith. Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned. I'm so sorry. Forgive me. I come to you to receive your gift of salvation. I confess you as the king of my life. Save me. Help me follow you and obey you. Now the heads bowed and eyes closed. If you prayed that simple prayer, just nobody's going to come get you, drag you down an aisle. But if you prayed that prayer, just, say, just lift your hand up. Say, Pastor, I prayed that prayer with you. Just lift your hand up. With the heads bowed, our usher's just going to hand some people a card. Just go ahead and hold it up. Another few seconds. Anybody else? Anybody else? All right, look up here. Now, if you just said yes to Jesus, if you'll pull the communication card out, or if you're a guest, fill that out. During the offering, in a few minutes, if you'll put that card in there. If you're a guest, so let it know we were here. When the service is over, you can go through those center doors, and we've got a gift for you. We're thrilled that you came.